Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Our speaker today was mightily used of God during his many years in active ministry. In 1979, Ross Lee was one of the speakers for the annual camp meeting held at God's Bible School and College in Cincinnati, Ohio. He preached this sermon titled, What Shall I Do With Jesus, Who Is Called the Christ? I know you're going to enjoy this wonderful sermon. this gracious audience please stand for me now and when I say gracious I mean that from the depths of my heart I sat here this afternoon and listened to Dr. Flexen what a masterpiece and that message ought to be brought all across the church of Jesus Christ and thank God for men like that of the, his caliber and I told brother Barbie this morning, his message was sound in doctrine, sane in appeal, and ethical in practice. And I make no apology for preaching old-fashioned, rugged, biblical, second-blessing holiness. And this is a great crowd tonight. And uh, I'll tell you what I am going to do. I am going to roll up my sleeves spiritually and go all out and fight to help everybody in this congregation tonight. For I do not want to see an individual miss heaven. And there are three things that bother me about a closing night of a camp. I was thinking of a camp and closing. I closed one last summer. And there's always three truths that bother me. And I want you to get it, please. And you've been so sweet and kind. But we'll never be assembled here again exactly like we are tonight. Never be assembled here again exactly like we are tonight. And there'll be some changes. And then, beloved, the other truth is, along this particular line, this could be the time that people seal the destiny of their own souls. And then, beloved, this always bothers me. I've prayed this prayer for years in my ministry. I prayed, oh God, give me one service where everybody in that service will obey God. And if everybody here tonight would obey God, it would revolutionize each and every denomination represented here tonight. I believe that with all of my heart. While you're on your feet, 
I want to introduce tonight one of the great questions of the Bible. Fact of the case is, there are many great questions, but this is one of the greatest questions I know. And beloved, the responsibility lies at our door. From the time I read the text or quote the text until you make a decision about it. But in St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27 and verse 22, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? What am I going to do tonight with Jesus Christ? What will I do with him? Our Father, tonight, as we lift our voice to thee, we are glad for thy presence. Wonderful song service, the anointed prayer, the special songs, and the blessing of God upon that part of the service. And now, O God, the next few minutes, take thy humble servant and speak through lips of clay. Rock rib hell, beat back the powers of the dam, and give us honest hearts tonight like they wish they had been 100 years from tonight. Let the glory of the Lord be in our midst. And then, O oh God, we're conscious of the fact, regardless of any man's training or ability, no man can break the bread of life unless God places his hand upon his shoulder. And God, humbly tonight, we covet thy hand. Let everybody say amen. You may be seated. I want to introduce tonight a tremendous truth and speak to you out of the overflow of my heart. And beloved, the altar's open any time, all the time that I'm preaching, for I'd give anything in the world if people tonight that has a question, has a shadow, and even though you've tried it several times and there's been a battle and there's been a problem, I have good news for you tonight. The blood of Jesus Christ is just as efficacious tonight as it was back there when it dripped from his side on Calvary's cross. I like to read and study uh, the book of St. Matthew's Gospel, for the fact of the case is uh, it portrays that Jesus Christ is the Messiah that came forth from the Jewish prophecy back in that day. And thank God for his gloriously coming. And Isaiah of old said, For unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, and the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And I'm shouting happy tonight to tell you, thank God he came into this old universe to seek and save, sanctify and keep, in spite of the world and the flesh and the devil. And tonight, we're not serving a dead Christ, but we're serving a living Christ. And I've never been so happy. I've never been so happy in all of my life, colleagues, to be a Christian as I am today. When I see the downgrading of our whole world today and sin from every angle and hell turn loose, if I had tonight the voice that would sound around the world, I would like to say thank God for the glorious Christ that came my way one day and redeemed my soul and sanctified my heart, and I'm still happy in the realms of divine grace. You say, Brother Lee, 
can we be happy today? Every man can be happy if we'll count the cost and pay the price and go through in the old-fashioned way. My Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it into the heart of man, the, the, the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Glory be to God. This was a dark day back there in the time of the church. In fact, the case is uh, the church of Jesus Christ has gone through many, many dark days. But I want to tell you, there's going to be a brighter day. There's going to be a victorious day. There's going to be a triumphant day. For John tells us, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many matches. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, when I come again, I'll receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I just want to shout the victory tonight and tell you, and look three worlds right in the face. Thank God I'm on my way tonight and expect to live with him forever and forever and someday crown him king of kings and lord of lords. This was another dark day here right in the pen. Oh, I can't conceive. Only let's through hell turn loose and Satan and sin along every line. But beloved, I want to say tonight from the depths of my heart, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the universe, he went on trial for his life, and they came under his own, and his own received him not. I've read this scripture many, many times across the years, and beloved, it says when the morning came, and the chief priests had gathered there, and beloved, they led him away, and they bound him, and turned him over to Pontius Pilate. And let me say tonight, Pontius Pilate, beloved, he was the uh, governor and the judge of the Sanhedrin court back in that day. And I wouldn't want to be tonight in Pilate Pond. Uh, shoes for anything in this old world. I'll tell you why. He absolutely ignored Jesus Christ and he was afraid to stand up against the crowd. Thank God tonight he could put steel in your spine and save you so good and sanctify you so good and bring you out of the quagmires of the dam. Thank God forever you can look up and shout the victory and know that Jesus Christ is a positive reality in the 20th century. I've never had anybody, I've never had anybody yet down across now, well over 50 years. Beloved, I've met all types of people like my colleagues have, but I've never yet been disappointed with my wonderful Christ. And by the way, I just came out of the world and said goodbye to the old crowd and goodbye to the old gang and goodbye to the old habits and goodbye to the old appetites. And beloved, I'm enjoying the romance of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Pontius Pilate, beloved, was a very uh, serious condition, and he was shrinking back from responsibility. And I have a tendency tonight, I may be wrong, but I have a tendency tonight to feel we've got people tonight under the sound of my voice that's been shrinking back and shrinking back and say, what will this one say? And what will the other say? And how about my future? Let me tell you something. No man or woman, boy or girl, begins to live till they become acquainted with Jesus Christ. 
And I tell you tonight, where we may ignore him. Oh, when, when they bound him over to Pontius Pilate back in that day, I want to tell you, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. But he absolutely would not face it. In fact, he went to all of them. And the great question was, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And I want to say tonight, from the depths of my heart, Pontius Pilate, beloved, had to make a decision. And there'll be people here tonight make a decision. You're either going to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or you're going to walk out these doors and ignore him. My advice is, beloved, sell down the corn, pay the price, go the old-fashioned way, and let God come in to your hearts and lives. I wish I could say tonight, that I could be neutral about this whole thing. If I had a sign to put across one of these rafters tonight, on that sign would simply be this. Neutrality is absolutely impossible. You cannot be neutral. Beloved, we've got to make up our mind one way or the other. It's none of my business tonight what kind of a home you live in. I don't care whether it's wood, stone, or brick. That's none of my business. It's none of my business the kind of insurance you carry. If you can pay, if you're happy with it, that's up to you. It's none of my business what kind of a car you drive. If you like it, drive it. But, beloved, because God called me away back there years ago, it is some of my business to check on your personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Colleagues, I have a feeling tonight from the depths of my soul that there are people out there that's trying to ignore my wonderful Christ. Good people, honest people, maybe people contribute in the offering today. Oh, they're clean on the outside, perhaps, as Uncle Buddy used to say, as a hound's tooth. But down in the heart, there is corruption. There's never been a dedication. There's never been a going out. Thank God tonight you could sweep the deck and burn the broom and go with God in the old-fashioned way and know Jesus Christ is a personal reality to your hearts and life. And you know, when Pontius Pilate came, I tell you right now, his wife slipped up to his side and said to him, said, now I've had strange dreams in regard to this man, and said, I want you to be careful now. I want you to be very, very careful along this line. But you know, Pontius Pilate, he lacked the moral courage to stand up under the crowd. Why, beloved, tonight, I'm so glad. I don't know how to express it. I don't know how to tell you. But I want to tell you one blessing from my wonderful Lord tonight will outweigh anything our world has to offer today in the 20th century. I don't care what it is. No, Hollywood, brother, can't even begin to attracted me one blessing from God and the blessing of the Lord like we've seen here this week, brother, is worth a thousand worlds like this. Glory be to God forevermore. And I want to say right now, it's a serious thing when I take you back quickly uh, along this particular line. Oh, yes, I remember back a few years ago, I, I took a psychiatry course in Chicago under Dr. William D. Sadler, one of the world's renowned psychiatrists. The Kellogg Foundation of Battle Creek, Michigan, 
sent seven of us ministers uh, in Michigan there to take the course, wonderful course, uh, we studied schizophrenia, paranoia, and dementia precox in order to know the nervous system of humanity. But oh, beloved uh, Reverend Taylor, when that course was finished, and I walked out, and it was fantastic. But I want to tell you, I said to myself, there is no substitute for an old-fashioned, rugged, Holy Ghost experience. You say, Brother Lee, what do you mean by that? Simply this, beloved, I know people tonight. Oh, my God, I know people tonight, beloved, that's trying to ignore Jesus Christ across many of them in our churches. And I want to say tonight, I've seen people have nervous breakdowns, and brother, they're in a horrible condition. And I tell you, they're under doctor's care, and I probed into it, and you fellows have done the same thing. And generally, away back there in their life, somewhere, Dr. Flexen, they failed to obey God back there, and failed to pray clear through in the old-fashioned way, and brother, their nervous system is wrecked. I want to tell you tonight, God can unravel everything. God can bring victory and joy. God can absolutely liberate you. Thank God forever. The blood of Jesus Christ has never lost its power, and it never, never will lose its power. And then, beloved, we cry so much. We cry so much today, brother Peyton, and we love it. Thank God for the stars and stripes. But, beloved, we cry so much today about our liberty, about our liberty. I remember just a short time ago, Mrs. Lee and I were in the Philadelphia Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where the men wrote the Constitution of the great United States of America. And, and I think, beloved, in my Canada opinion, next to the Bible, next to the Bible, the Constitution of the United States of America is the greatest document that's ever been penned by man. Why? Because it permits us to have freedom of worship. And we ought to say amen, praise God. And we've still got it today. And then, beloved, we still have freedom of press. Thank God for that today. And then, beloved, we still have freedom of speech. And thank God for that today. And then we still have freedom of franchise. Oh, that's marvelous. But let me tell you this tonight, the greatest freedom that can ever come to a human heart and a human soul is when Jesus Christ comes in with his mighty power. And I want to say tonight, thank God he can liberate us by power divine and loosen our lips. And thank God we can take the burden out of our heart and give us a clean heart and make new creatures out of us. And we can enjoy the wonderful presence of the blessed presence of divine grace. Hallelujah forever. Pontius Pilate said, he said, this will I do. He said, you know, uh, he said, I, I, his wife advised him, but uh, he ignored that. And he said, this will I do. He said, what will I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? He said, I'll get me a basin of water. And he said, I'll wash my hands of the whole thing. No, I tell you, beloved, you can't wash the call of the divine off. We'll live in the foyers and the quarters of eternity, and there'll be people trying to wash the blood of Jesus Christ off of their hand. And I want to tell you tonight, you can't do it. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Thank God for Calvary tonight, and get everything on the blood, and go the old-fashioned way. And then, beloved, I can't fathom, I can't fathom tonight, Judas Iscariot, 
I thought about this so many, many times in my life. Judas Iscariot, I said, praying some few years ago, I said, President Miller, when I was praying, I said, oh, I, I'd give a million worlds to have had the fellowship and have had the presence of Judas Iscariot back there with my wonderful Lord and faster than sound and faster than light. God seemed to speak to me and said, son, he said, you still have that fellowship. Praise God forever. He said, you can communicate with me and I'll communicate with you. Praise God forevermore. And he said, we'll understand one another and you can walk with me and talk with me and dine with me and fellowship with me. And that's the fellowship that the world can't give tonight. Judas Iscariot sold his own soul for 30 pieces of silver. And I want to tell you tonight, there are people across the country that I know that are selling out, I'm fearful, for far less than 30 pieces of silver. Oh my God, my God. Yes, yes, young man attended my revival when I was pastor of our first church in Richmond, Indiana. A full house that night his mother slipped up to my side during the altar call, and she said, oh, I want you to talk to my boy. I went back and talked with him, and he was sweet and kind. She said he doesn't have the victory that I, that I like to see him have. He was with a young lady that didn't attend our church, and she was very nice and very gracious, but he refused to move that night. We went on with the service. The next uh, Monday afternoon, I received a call for he worked in the afternoon with a company and somewhere or other something happened. 19,000 volts went through his body and he went across the line of wires. When that father and mother were called to the hospital, I couldn't get over the night before, the night before, the night before. He stood in that congregation. Thank God he had a glorious opportunity. And I want to tell you tonight, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to trample the blood of Jesus Christ under your feet. And the great question is, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Oh, beloved, tonight, not only is he an ignored Christ tonight, but, beloved, he's a rejected Christ. I've watched people reject him under the ministry of my colleagues since I've been here, and I talked with a young lady the other night, and I tell you right now, it's a serious thing to reject the greatest friend in this world. We ought to thank God tonight that he's still our friend. We ought to thank God that we can still contact him. We ought to thank God tonight that he can be a revelation to our hearts and to our lives. Then let me point out the fact King Saul dropped from kingship to hell. King Saul had everything his way, but when God told King Saul what to do, King Saul, beloved, refused and rebelled. And I want to tell you tonight, when God comes to us, it's not a matter of fact of not knowing what to do. It's doing the thing that God tells us to do. I remember back in my college days when I took theology, I was talking to Professor Wilcox last night, and in that theology course uh, of, of uh, Emerson back in that day, when we stood and took that particular course, we studied moral distinction and moral obligation and moral settlement. And beloved, I want to tell you, 
It's not, it's not what we do not know. It's doing the thing that God tells us to do. And when something is right, we're morally obligated to act on it. And then, beloved, when we act in the right way, there's going to be coming to us a moral settlement and there'll be a satisfaction and a peace, thank God, that the world can never give. So, beloved, not only did King Saul drop from kingship to hell, but I want to tell you right now, it's a terrible thing. Old King Ahab, beloved, he too dropped from kingship to hell. It's not, it's everybody, the high rank of life and the low rank of life. Oh, you say, Brother Lee, I've heard the story. I've heard the message. I know that. But let me tell you right now, it's another thing to hear the voice of divine grace. Somehow tonight, God burned this truth in on my heart tonight. What shall I do then with Jesus Christ? Oh, I tell you, we're either going to accept him or reject him. Judas Iscariot went out, beloved, and he cast the money down. I'll tell you, he lived one horrible life in those few days, took his own life. And then history tells us, beloved, that even Pontius Pilate, he took his own life. They'll be in hell together. It'll be one terrible thing. And I want to say tonight, from the depths of my heart, God's grace is just as great today as it ever was, and we can have all of God we want, and the proposition is up to us. Now, on the other side of the ledger, God made us free moral agents, and we have the power of choice. And let me say this to you tonight. Man's, man has a soul that possesses a door that no man can open, only the individual that lives on the inside. And since we're free moral agents, we've got to open that door ourselves and let God come in with all of his fullness and with all of his power and with all of his glory. Thank God tonight, I remember when I pulled that door clear back, Thank God, and I'll tell you, I've never had a doubt. I've never had a quibble. You can know when you open your heart's door to the supreme sovereignty tonight. And I'd like to see people get so free and get so loose. Thank God, you will not ignore your Christ anymore. He's more tonight than a rejected Christ. We've rejected him across the years. And the question is, what are we going to do with him? It's at our store. And I tell you, Pontius Pilate worried. He carried it all in his hands. You say, Brother Lee, I battled it. I prayed. I cried. I tried to hold on. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's only one thing you can do to get victory, and that's go with God in the old-fashioned way. Then I stopped to think tonight, not only the fact of our personal relationship with him and opening our own door, but there was Ananias and Sapphira, and this is so true across the church, brethren. I run across so many people today across the church that's keeping back a part of the price, a part of the price, a part of the price, and I want to tell you tonight, you'll know when you pay the full fare. You'll know, thank God, when you pay it all. You'll know when you pass from death unto life, there'll be a consciousness and a reality. Let me ask you this quickly tonight along this particular line. Oh, you know, the Bible said over in the 147th Psalm, he, he knoweth the number of the stars and calleth them all by their names. 
Let me ask you this tonight. Whatever your condition is, whatever you may be facing tonight, wouldn't it be wonderful to deal with a creator if he knows the number of stars and can call them by name? Thank God he has power for your case and power for your battle and power for every need you have. Thank God he'll come with super abundance of divine grace. And then the glorious fact, just keeping back, beloved, a part of the price. No, I couldn't do that. I had to pay the full fare and go all the way with my wonderful Lord. And I've never regretted one bit of it tonight. No, not one bit of it tonight. And I've talked to young people across the church and across the years. And I remember, I remember on one occasion, a young lady came to our house, walked the kitchen floor, and Mrs. Lee and I was stood there with her. We'd known her a good while. We'd changed past it. She walked back and forth across the kitchen floor. She said, oh, brother and sister Lee, if I could call back three years, 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 brother Lee, she said, oh, I can't call them back. And there's people here tonight. You say, brother Lee, I wish I could call back a few years. There's only one hope, and that's bring what you have and give it all over to God. And God still has mercy, and God still has love and God still has compassion and God's the only one can help you and if you move toward God and give him an opportunity God will move toward you am I right say amen then beloved when I I stood I stood in Westminster Abbey in London England some time ago and I stood by the grave there of David Livingston oh that great missionary that gave his life and heart into Africa. And of course, the story is, when he died down there, they said, we're gonna keep his heart in Africa. And of course, Great Britain brought his body back and buried them there. And I wanna tell you right now, they, they loved him so much down there in Africa because he gave his life to them and gave his heart to them and gave them his all. But I know one tonight that came to this old universe and paid the supreme sacrifice and lived among men and went to the cross voluntarily and was sung about tonight. He was nailed to that old cross and thank God when my Christ said it is finished, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and God sent an earthquake along and shook everything loose and then even the dead that had been dead for a long time they rolled that old stone away and he came out victorious praise God and he's alive today and we can have access to him there's no problem no battle too great for our wonderful God I I when I stop to think I'm just amazed at the whole thing when I think of it all then beloved here here's another truth right along here and that is so many people today, it may be unconsciously, but I can't believe it is, they're re-crucifying Jesus Christ tonight. Oh, God in his mercy. Let me tell you something. If every promise tonight 
could be backed up and hooked on today, brethren. Broken promises and broken vows. And people have prayed today, oh God, if you'll spare my loved one, if you'll help me out of this situation, I'll serve you. Why, brother, if broken promises could be mended here tonight, I'll tell you, we have a veritable Pentecost and God would move in with wonderful power and wonderful victory. Yes, I want to say from the depths of my heart, Jesus Christ today is being re-crucified all up and down our country, and yet we may, we may not mean to do it. But oh, I tell you folks, it's a serious thing. What am I going to do with him? What am I going to do with this problem? What am I going to do with my spiritual relationship with God? I, I've been battling this thing, a lot of people say, over being sanctified holy. I just want to tell you tonight, right out of the depths of my heart, if you'll tarry and you'll be honest with God and put everything on God's altar, God's obligated to meet you and give you the victory at any price, at any cost. Praise God forevermore. I remember back a few years ago, Mrs. Lee and I had to take a group, district group of young people to Estes Park. We drove all night. There were three or four cars of us. I'd never do that again. We had to get in there at a certain time and get them registered. And when we arrived, my wife said, you'll have to hurry to get them registered because they're supposed to be registered at a certain hour. When I started around the building in the office, I met a minister from Chicago. And he said to me, Ross, he said, I've got to talk to you. And I said, no, I can't. I'm in a hurry. I said, I've got to get these kids registered and I'll talk to you later. He waited on the outside. When I came out, he said, do you know so-and-so? I said, oh, yes. She grew up in my church as a girl, as a teenager. Said she's had a complete nervous break and said uh, she's in a psychopathic ward in one of the Chicago hospitals and said nobody can help her like you can. You know her parents and she grew up in your church. And I got in my car and started on. I told Mrs. Lee about it on the way to our motel. And she said, what are you going to do? God seemed to say to me, call that hospital in Chicago and that psychopathic ward and see if you can get to talk with her. I placed that call some 1,500, 1,800 miles across there from Estes Park, Colorado, clear on through to Chicago. When the operator came on, I told her who I was and I told her what I wanted. Well, she said, Reverend, said it's nice for you to call, but she said that's strictly against the rules and said we just uh, don't do anything like that and said we can't do it. I said, yes, I'm probably aware of that, but I said God told me to call and I want to talk to her if she's able to talk. She said, well, she's under medication and she's able to talk, but said it's against the rules. She said, Reverend, I'll have to call uh, the head nurse. And I said, all right, you call the head nurse. When the head nurse came on, she gave me practically the same story. And I said, I, she was nice to me. And I said, I, I know all of that. But I said, God told me to call. And I said, I feel like I ought to talk to her. And I want to pray with her. Well, she said, Reverend, I don't know. She said, I'll have to call the supervisor. And I, I said, all right, call the supervisor. And they called the supervisor. She was very nice. 
She said, Reverend said, we never do anything like this. I told her who I was and what I wanted. I said, I, I wear that. That's what the other ladies told me. But I said, I said, God told me to do it. And I said, I'd like to talk with her and I'd like to pray with her because I learned that she'd tried to commit suicide three or four different times and hadn't and failed to do it. But anyway, uh, she said, Reverend, we just can't do anything like that. She said, I'll have to call the head doctor. I said, all right, you call the head doctor. And the head doctor came on. He was very courteous and very nice. I told him who I was and what I wanted. He said, well, Reverend, he said, we never do anything like that. He said, we just can't do that. He said, it's strictly against the rules. And he said, I don't know what the board of trustees would say. But he said, we just don't do anything like that. I said, I know, doctor, and you've been so nice to me. But God told me to call. And I said, I just feel like I ought to. Well, he said, Reverend, I tell you. He said, it's going to be up to me. He said, we never do anything like that. But he said, I'm going to let you talk to her. Praise God forevermore. And I want to tell you tonight that if you'll press your case and press your case and press your case, God will meet with you and you can settle every issue. When she came on the phone, her mouth, she had, was very slow and talkative and she was under medication. She said, I, I almost killed myself. She said, I'll get rid of myself. She said, I'm not well, and there's nothing to live for. Three lovely children. I said, called her by name. I said, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. I said, you grew up in our homeless church. You've been to our altar. And I said, I'm going to pray with you. And I said, I'm going to call your brother and have your brother to come and get you. And I said, you're going to get out and get in a service, and God's going to help you. She said, well, don't tell my parents. I began to pray. I suppose the head doctor was on. I know the operator was. I suppose the head nurse was on. Everybody was on. But we had a prayer meeting. I had a prayer meeting 1,800 miles long. But anyway, God heard and answered prayer. Praise God forever. For I got word in a week or so. Her brother came and got her. And he got her under another doctor's care. And then she got into the house of God. And she prayed clear through and got everything settled. Mrs. Lee and I saw her a few weeks ago. And she was happy in the things of God. I tell you that little story tonight to tell you, you don't have to live a defeated life. Thank God. You don't need to ignore Jesus Christ anymore. You don't need to reject Jesus Christ anymore. He don't have to be an unwanted Christ to you tonight. He doesn't have to be a re-crucified Christ tonight. But you can know him, praise God, experientially and have the victory and God can stand by you. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm shouting happy tonight to tell you I was there when the burden rolled away. I was there when the fire fell. And I've been around a few times since when the glory of the Lord came on. You say, Brother Lee, I've battled, I've prayed, I've struggled. You don't have to struggle anymore. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Answer his call. Serve him. He'll meet you and make you happy in the things of divine grace. Stand with me, will you please? Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. 
This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, keep passing it on.